Hi everyone and welcome to the next edition of Pro Hire Sustainable Fleet Podcast. I'm Michelle and I head up the Pro Green team here at Pro Hire where we focus on everything alternative fuels. Today we're at Trailer and we're joined by Adam. Um, Adam, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Um, so Trailer are a very strong partner that we've been working with now for some time. Um, and Adam, obviously, we've uh, we've known each other for a couple of years. Um, you uh, thankfully joined us for a video when we did a truck TV video on Trailer. So um, that was great. And we will be following up with another <laughs> one on that. So watch this space. Um, but Adam, tell me a little bit about um, Trailer as a business. Yeah, so Trailer itself, um, we've been um, sort of around for around seven years now. So we were originally born from within uh, DHL on an innovations program. Okay. Um, so that's where our two co-founders, uh, Denny and Aaron, uh, sort of met and and uh, grew Trailer really. Um, and over the years of the R&D within DHL, uh, DHL actually decided to invest within uh, Denny and Aaron to actually create Trailer itself. Um, so that began at the start of 2019, um, where uh, they set out and created um, Trailer, the company. So we quickly grew from sort of two people to 45 um, within 2019, um, because the idea was that we um, really did pump in a lot into the infrastructure and the processes yeah. to be able to hit the market in 2020. Um, and all of that was going swimmingly all the way up till sort of March 2020 when um, obviously uh, the dreaded uh, COVID happened. Um, but again, luckily, um, we still uh, we, we made some um, good inroads within that 2019 period yeah. um, with a lot of uh, customers with the likes of um, obviously DHL um, being globally mandated across them and the likes of Raw Mail and um, and other customers that sort of came on board and adopted our um adopted our product as mm. um as standard really so that sort of helped us and saw us through um saw us through the uh, covid period and we sort of grown from strength to strength through there really um and in the back end of um 20 uh, at the back end of 2020 we actually completed a management buyout from dhl oh okay um so uh what that meant was that now we're completely masters of our own destiny um mm-hmm. but we're still globally mandated with dhl still have great strong links with them um, but it means now that we can take the business to wherever we the wherever we need to see. and and that's been brilliant for us because it means we can work with all sorts of companies work with all sorts of customers um, without sort of the upper approvals that you get in the in, in the large corporate world, really. And that's a great story to be able to tell, isn't it? I mean, I I actually didn't realise in the time that we've worked together, I didn't realise how you guys originally came about. I knew that the strong relationship that you had with DHL, but I didn't know that history. Um, so, for a business for you guys, that's that's an amazing thing to have kind of come on the back of, but then actually be able to now like you said it's your own destiny and you can go with how you feel is right so obviously from your point of view um what is it your role is within trailer then uh so my role sort of uh, changed um loads over these last so i've been here two and a half years now um and i came in originally as um sort of one of the engineers looking at the product working out how the product actually works how that can um, change into different um, types so now we're on everything from sort of three and a half tons all the way up to refuse trucks double deck buses um, we're in the whole commercial sector now really um, and so during that time um, I sort of moved over across from the engineering through to actual technical commercial sales um, so I uh, tried my hand at that as well and now I'm back um, sort of as director of engineering now 
Um, so I sort of oversee uh, the engineering and fleet team um, and also head up uh, the uh, contracts team with, uh, with Andrew Hartley as well to try and drive and uh, give that customer experience as well as the product experience. So from, from the team that you sit with, obviously um, as part of the product offering, mm. the, the, the big drive is sustainability, reducing yeah. CO2 emissions, um, focusing on very much the ESG, the environmental side of things. Yeah, um, tell us a little bit more about the, the range of products that you guys have actually got that can help benefit companies that are on that sustainability journey. Yeah, so we have um, a whole host of um, different solutions and although we're very based on uh, solar and introducing solar to the commercial world, um, we do work on a whole load of um, power solutions and that. So, okay. um, in order, in terms of uh, introducing additional batteries to run ancillaries to stop uh, vehicles from using their own um, sort of 12 and 24 volt system, which then causes more fuel and uh, reduces range on EVs and that as well. So, um, in terms of our solar product as standard, we have um, sort of three solutions really, where we work from a simple trickle charge system. Um, so a trickle system with a solar is great for uh, keeping your batteries topped up yeah. um, and it has a whole host of effects on things like components so like your starter motor and things like your tail lift motors and that that when a battery degrades um, your uh, those components start to pull more uh, heat and more resistance which yeah. then cause them to fail uh, prematurely so just having a simple solar solution on, on a vehicle is great for um, all those aspects. Um, and then we have a um, dynamic fuel saving solution. So actually our um, charge controller itself uh, means that we can uh, sit in front of the alternator which reduces the alternator load on the engine and saves your fuel in CO2 by using that solar energy to uh, run things like your sat navs, your radio, mm -hmm. your fan heaters, yeah. all of that sort of stuff that would normally pull from the alternator, drag from the engine and use more fuel and uh, CO2. So there's very much a strong, so when we talk about obviously from, obviously I head up the pro green side of things and the alternative fuels and you know we've fitted the product to our electric vehicles but obviously yeah. it's also important to mention that it's not just the alternative fuels you are able to fit these products to um, to petrols diesels and again it's that element of reducing fuel costs yeah. reducing co2 emissions um, and again that further strengthens the the ability to start looking at other alternatives so we know as a business that there's not um, a solution for absolutely everybody mm -hmm. but this is a great opportunity to be able to start that journey um, but also it's a great opportunity to add it into equipment that you've currently got yeah. and yeah. then move it forward with with regards to the solar panels and it's something I've always been interested in what typically typically tends to be the life cycle on them so we have customers who have vehicles for maybe three or four years yeah. is there the opportunity to kind of double life those products yeah, so the uh, SIGS technology um, that we utilise um, lasts for 25 years, okay. essentially. So, And the way that it's made up, so unlike your sort of glass monocrystalline, um, where it's sort of glass wafers that when you get vibration, they start to crack. Yeah. Um, and then you get micro cracks and then um, the panel actually degrades. Uh, the SIGS technology is a powder-based system, so um, the compound um, means that you don't get those micro cracks. Wow. So it's perfect for the environment that you get on the road. 
um, and the panels themselves are completely flexible. We roll them up in boxes, roll them out and stick them to the uh, roof of the vehicle. Yeah. Um, so they're just perfect for being able to flex and do all of that sort of so stuff. So they can withhold a lot of, like you said, lots of road surfaces yeah. off the road for sort of like the highways, the construction. So yeah. this is a product that is suitable for every industry because yeah. it's such a hard wearing product. But again, it's that opportunity to have a strong life cycle on the back of that. Yeah, yeah no definitely and the power output on the technology is really strong as well so you'll get 90% power output over 10 years um, so you're still getting a hell of a lot of power from um, from the panels themselves and so they are hard wearing so you can have tree strikes and branches you can walk on these panels um, and they'll still uh, they'll still survive and output this power. Okay now I know from previous conversations that we've had um, so really just to kind of help our, our listeners to understand it obviously there are solutions where you can have them fitted but you've also got the solution that reports the data so the telematic element of that so yeah. tell us a little bit more about that because I think very often and we're finding it with our customers now they need to be able to go back into their business and demonstrate um, the TCO model so the total cost of ownership and when you bring a new product into a business it's very much you've got to justify and prove its benefits so how are you guys able to assist companies doing that with with the data that you obtain how does that all work yeah so it's something that we really looked at at the start of this really is where we wanted to be able to prove back to the customers what they are actually saving so you can fit a wind deflector on your vehicle and you just assume that you're saving the five ten percent that you were getting and whether you see it in mpg or not you think i've got it on there it's going to be saving yeah. what we want to do was uh, actually devise a system so similar to like your house where you can see the amount of solar you've produced and therefore you've not used it off the grid mm -hmm. we wanted to do the same thing with the vehicle so we can say you've used this much solar energy which then means you haven't used this much fuel so um, just to give you a bit brief backstory from all of that we went to Millbrook um, and undertook all the testing to be able to uh, come up with the conversion rate for that basically to be able to say you produce a kilowatt of uh, of um, solar and you actually save uh, two liters of fuel um, based on based on that conversion yeah um, and with that we had a the idea to put telematics into the system to be the brain of the system anyway to control our charging algorithms and also to feed up and provide um, online to show you how much um, fuel and co2 you were saving by the amount of solar produced um, on the back of um, the telematics, we actually found that we could get a whole host of more information and obviously with Denny and his background running the sort of um, the maintenance desk and that at Absolutely. DHL, he had a vision of exactly what he would want to see to be able to help what his he fleet. needed. Yeah. Yeah. So all of our um, all of our reports have been based on his vision. Um, to be able to be um, actually usable mm -hmm. um, so rather than you just getting reams and reams of data yep. we've actually looked into um, creating a user interface where it shows you your utilization it shows you your uh, distance traveled shows you the battery voltages um, and it actually gives you uh, preventative um, breakdowns so we can see if the batteries are starting to degrade you can mm -hmm. change those out so you're not failing in the field yeah. so it's a whole host of on the back of the solar doing its job reducing fuel and also keeping batteries topped up. Yeah. The telematics side of it and the information behind that also gives you uh, a whole host of preventative and proactive maintenance 
that all comes as part of the um, full trailer offering. So again, you're not only getting that sustainability piece, but you're actually getting the opportunity to make um, cost savings by being more proactive yeah. rather than so reactive. Yeah. And I suppose, like you said there, based on the experience of um, from Denny's background, it's very much focused on what the customer, the end user needs to see. Yeah. So it's not data for data's sake. Yeah. It's actually data that's got a purpose that is I mean, I've seen it. It's easy to understand. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to then report back into the business and um, demonstrate it yourself um, rather than being reliant on, on you guys doing that. So it's definitely user-friendly and it's something that we've we've certainly seen the benefits from for our customers. So talking about end users then, um, what kind of... I, I know we've kind of said it's all industry sectors because it's so hardware and et cetera. Yeah. What, what kind of customers have you, you industry-wise are you guys kind of working with at the moment? Where are you starting to see sort of like, well, you've done certain industries for a period of time now. Are there other industries now that are kind of starting to pay, you know, pay more attention and notice these kind of things? Have you seen a switch in the market at all? Yeah, no, definitely. So um, when we first started, say, our staple product is sort of the rigid multi-drop product. So all of the high street uh, vehicles and all of the um, sort of rigids that would go to, to um, site run their tail lift and yeah. do all that that's that's where our staple product was at the start um, and since then we've moved into especially with electrification coming in mm-hmm. um, you start to see um, sort of the converter market with things like uh, BT and all those um, where they're out in their welfare vans and rather than using um, sort of your generator and um, all, all of your uh, power tools that require like pneumatic drills and all that sort of stuff they're moving to yeah. electric yeah. Um, but now that they're seeing that moving those power tools to electric means that they're now pulling more electric from the vehicle yeah um, which is potentially an electric vehicle as well yeah exactly so now they actually I think they've they've found that we'll just because what tends to happen within transport is they'll move to the next thing so they'll move to electric power tools and then they'll realize oh we don't have enough power to power the power tools uh-huh. um, so then they'll go right okay well, let's get a generator to be able to run and provide energy and um, so that's where we're sort of starting to be able to come into the market now and show that actually there's better ways to create energy mm-hmm. better ways to charge your um, systems and it's not all about just plugging in at home um, it's about uh, using that drive cycle and, mm-hmm. and managing the power um, to be able to utilize solar, utilize the vehicle's power um, to be able to make sure you're out on site. And again, that's where the operational benefits come in in terms of you being there and not having to wait an hour to charge your laptop to yeah. be able to finish a job. All of that can sort of be done whilst you're going about your standard day. And exactly, I mean, we obviously spoke about ESG, so the environmental social governance side of things, but that then sounds like it starts to play a corporate social responsibility. So instead of bringing that element of we just keep adding generators to things, actually you're you're looking to use a renewable energy. From a corporate point of view, um, from a brand perspective, that's a great thing to be able to demonstrate. And I suppose you're able to support companies with on that journey of corporate social responsibility here guys you know we're very much focused on sustainability and you're able to bring that solution in to demonstrate that but by the sounds of things not just across a standard panel van but up to much more specialist equipment as well I suppose yeah the likes of councils I would imagine um, from a, a waste disposal point of view those yeah. those types of vehicles as well yeah no definitely and so that that, that is a big thing that we've seen over this past um, especially so um, one major milestone for us in um, July last year was that we were actually placed in the uh, Department for Transport's decarbonisation plan okay and um, so we had a full page spread within there um, that sort of 
shows us as best practice to be able to help decarbonize your fleet and it's all basically uh, for this time period where we move from diesel to alternative fuels and mm -hmm. as you say um, BEVs aren't really great for your larger trucks um, but there's still something that we can do right now which is uh, by looking at the power solutions, reducing that load on the engine, yeah. reducing those generators and actually saving fuel and CO2 that way until we move to things like hydrogen or um, better battery technology to be able to run the larger trucks. So that's sort of where we sit and where we um, aid our customers now. And a lot of them, they're, they're all open to doing, um, to, to be able to move to these technologies. It's mm -hmm. just, they're all very nervous on um, how this will actually work for their operation. Yep. Um, so that's why they have to go to generator because they know that that works, they'll get their power, they won't lose any time It's the time comfort on the zone job. to a certain extent. Exactly. So um, what we can do now is by providing uh, these additional solutions, working with our customers, we can actually um, reduce the fuel, reduce all of that spend, as well as them being confident in their operation. Fantastic. So where we sit is, um, obviously we've we've done a significant amount with you and you've supported us on a number of projects when we've looked at electrification mm -hmm. but also temperature controlled electrification um, over the next 12 months how do you see things panning out um, for for your not necessarily your particular business but the area of work that you guys are focused on because I know we touch on this on all our podcasts but there are a hell of a lot of challenges out there with yeah. regards to vehicle availability um, parts is there anything that's impacting you from a, a supply point of view um, and are there any is there anything that you guys are having to do to adapt to you know the next couple of years which are going to be a challenge for for transport in general yeah i guess um as you say with the supply chain issues it's more about broadening your net and making sure that you can utilize other technologies and other systems and of course. that's what's been great with us is that we we've not just uh, based ourselves on um, right we're just going to buy this technology or we're going to pump a load of money to manufacture our own technology we wanted to be able to be open and uh, be able to move with the times mm -hmm. as well so with solar panels and things like that we'll take on um, the best panels that are out there yeah. and this SIGS technology sort of hasn't moved um, been knocked off its perch really since since we uh, started it um, started bringing it on um, and things with like battery technology and like your telematics and that as well being able to move and work and diversify with other companies means yeah. that you can carry on and, um, and carry on moving with the uh, with the transport industry really and I think that's why our partnership works really well because we've got very similar um, plans and intentions and goals in as far as supporting our customers and it is having that ability to be flexible um, yeah. to a certain extent thinking outside the box and how we can kind of look at alternatives um, now I know when it comes to talking about solar panels in the early days I was very kind of naive and I'm sure you've had lots of um, questions thrown at you and we're talking about all this stuff and it all sounds extremely technical and yeah. um, I'd imagine some of the questions that you get asked is solar panels in the UK yeah. how does that work yeah. explain a little bit more about the fact of it's not just sun it's light and things like that. because it, there is that kind of there is that assumption that solar panels only work in the sun well why yeah. would they work in the UK but also aren't solar panels really big thick and bulky and add yeah. weight to the vehicle and stuff so for those that are completely new to the world of solar panels come back to basics a little bit for us on that yeah so 
Um, yeah, as you say, solar panels themselves, the technology has changed um, a hell of a lot over the last sort of 25 years. Mm. Um, and even over sort of the last five to 10 years is where it's uh, really become commercially viable. Yeah. So these sort of flexible panels, um, they've been around, um, but their efficiency has been low and they've been expensive. Um, so what we've managed to do is actually find a market where these flexible panels can be used yep. and utilised and it's not just one-off uh, buildings or it's not just uh, bespoke lampposts and things like that. Mm. They can actually be utilised within a commercial space. Um, so what that's meant is that we can buy sort of megawatt after megawatt which means the uh, manufacturing process is uh, quicker and cheaper yep. which then means we can pass that on to our customers for it to be um, cheaper as well mm -hmm. so that's where it has become uh, commercially viable and as you say that the panels themselves they don't need direct sunlight so um, they will uh, output around 30-40% of power um, just from uh, your standard daylight mm -hmm. um, and then obviously when you get that direct sunlight on there it boosts up and that's where you're getting your, your maximum um, output really so and yeah within within the UK um, although we're, we're blessed with uh, not much sunshine <laughs> and a lot of rain um, it, it does work in some ways so especially with like your refrigerator fleet and things like that yeah um, when the uh, when your electrical drawer or when people are running their aircon and stuff so they're using electrics a lot more yeah and that's usually during the sunshine and during the summer um, so it works hand in hand really so even during the winter when we can't produce as much power as we'd like to, yep. um, we still produce enough to be able to keep those batteries topped up, give you all of that maintenance um, and operational benefit. Then when the sun starts coming in within sort of March uh, through to sort of uh, October time, that's where you get the majority of your energy and say that's when you're using the majority of your energy as a consumer as well. So no, it, it, it does seem to work hand in hand. So I suppose in a nutshell, from a product point of view, it's a, it's a product and there's plenty of different solutions mm. that can be applied to all types of vehicles, be it the panel van through yeah. to the more specialist equipment, be it ambient, uh, well, temperature controlled and everything yeah, like yeah. that, which is great. Um, I'm really excited. We've got some exciting projects, um, projects coming up um, with you guys and obviously we're having lots of meetings about what we're going to be doing in the future, which I'm really excited about. So like I said at the beginning of the, the podcast, we are going to be revisiting um, you guys very soon from a, tr a truck TV point of view. Um, and again, I really appreciate you taking the time on this one, but we will be back again. So um, thank you for joining us, Adam. Yeah, it's no, been really, much. really interesting. Again, every time I do one of these, I always learn something new and that DHL connection has well and truly confirmed a few things for me because I did wonder how how that works. So uh, no, I appreciate the time, um, and yeah, lots of exciting things to come. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs>